I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Uh, how are you doing out there? You feeling a little beaten up, broken down, ready to throw in the towel, need some encouragement? Well, you've stepped into the right place if you're feeling any of that, because we're going to encourage you and not just sort of a pep talk. This is a this is a soul talk. This is what you may need to hear to uh, get out of bed, to move on, to really step into your purpose. And if you will make that effort in the right way that we'll talk about, you will find great joy and peace. And it won't always be easy, but you're going to learn how to to win the fight. And actually, we did some broadcast shows. Oh, Matt, uh, chat is open, by the way. Judy, good to see you. Um, and Matt, you should go watch my programs with Don Preston. Uh, we're, we're God put us here for a reason, and not to just get us out. Anyway. <laughs> that's not the topic today bianca waters oltoff is my guest and many of you know her she's written some books that have really ministered to people because she is called to share the gospel with everyone and she does it well in in speaking and in writing and she has a new book it is called grit don't quit and uh, i think she said it drops next tuesday probably available for pre-order i'm guessing um, but, Absolutely. Okay, so we'll tell you how to get that, but we're going to walk through some of the things. And if things have been tough, uh, like I'm, I'm seeing in the chat, uh, stand by. I think you're going to feel so much encouragement today that it will lift your spirit. Bianca, good to see you again. It's good to see you. I can't believe you're not sick of me yet after hanging out so much this week, but I am privileged to be here. Well, I was, you know, was going to say a minute ago and I got distracted with the chat, which I love, by the way. So jump in if you're watching. Bianca did some uh, two broadcast programs with us on uh, Tuesday, I guess it was. And so we, we just had this conversation, which is great because it was such, I mean, two programs on broadcast that that says something for us. <laughs> uh, and it was a great conversation. And, and by the way, just some Immediate feedback for you, Bianca. Afterwards, everybody that was you know behind camera directing someone across the street was watching on our closed system here. They were like, oh, my gosh. What she shared wow. was so encouraging to me. So already getting some good feedback. And Love it. Aired, what a gift. Right? <laughs> right. So let's let's jump into it. Grit, don't quit. Um, yes, sir. Did, walk us into this a little bit, where it came from. And then the overview, and then we'll, we'll get down in, into the nitty gritty. Oh, ooh, good play <laughs> on words. You are punny, friend. Uh, you know what? Um, two starting points. One is uh, this cultural moment, a cultural context, and the other is personal. So let's start with the personal. This, this concept and deep diving into the science, scripture, and story of resilience and grit really was birthed out of a conversation that I had with um, a woman here in Orange County, California. Uh, my husband and I pastor the father's house, Orange County. And I met with this woman. And if you're familiar with Orange County, it's 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 kind of fancy, AKA bougie. And so a lot of the people here, it's like the Botox has crept into the hearts and the minds and nothing moves and everything's perfect and polished and pretty. I sat across this gorgeous woman who seemingly had it all, but was going through a just bitter acrimonious divorce. And she looked across the table from me and she said, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not 
going to commit suicide, but I just don't want to live anymore. Hmm. And I heard the weight and the pain and I was encouraging her and I wasn't trying to be a cheerleader. I wanted to hold the tension, the pain and the reality of that this moment is so heavy and sad and sorrowful. But then she said, but I'm not like you. I'm listening to you and you're just so resilient. And because of your life and because of your upbringing, now she knew I'm a first generation American. She knew I was raised in East Los Angeles, California. She knew some of the obstacles that I've had to overcome, whether it was illiteracy or obesity. And so she was just like, you know, I'm just not like you. And I wanted to pause because I was thinking, when did we, when did we assign grit, resilience in biblical terms, endurance and perseverance? When did we ascribe that to a financial status as if resiliency is reserved for those in poverty and not of privilege? And so what I wanted to kind of deep dive and do is like, is resilience something that you're born with or only certain people resilient? And so I started to deep dive into science. And then the second, uh, that's the, like the personal, but I would say to kind of just you know, stick a finger in the air to see where the wind is blowing. I'm looking at this cultural moment and I'm seeing such a spirit of heaviness, such a spirit of depression, mm-hmm. such a spirit of anxiety. That is, it feels like people are just taking blow after blow after blow. I mean, from political unrest to financial unrest to global unrest. I mean, there's just so much going on and people have almost taken a blow to the head and are on the mat of life, unwilling to get back up. And so what I want to do is, not just come on and with pom-poms, rah, 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 sis, boom, ba, but really equip people with some practical handles on how to build spiritual resilience, spiritual grit, because though you might feel down, you're not out. And as my daddy's always said, if you aren't dead, then God's not done. And that's the impetus of this conversation. All right. Well, so use the word there and I, and I want to, I want to pick your brain on it because okay. resilience is not one I use commonly. Mm-hmm. Um, what exactly does it mean to you? And from a biblical standpoint, what does it mean? So I love this. So uh, in the biblical concept, people are like, well, we don't see the word grit or resilience in the Bible. We don't, but we do have a biblical lexicon with endurance and perseverance. Mm. So um, what I do in the book, and then also just in conversation, really weaving these two concepts together biblically and practically for people. But resilience, if you look at the, just the, the definition of resilience, it's not just bouncing back. People say that resilience is bouncing back. No, resilience is bouncing up with a new form. And so um, a lot of times people will say, yeah, well, I bounced back from this divorce, um, but it still marred me. It did. It it reshaped you. A divorce will reshape you. A loss of job will reshape you. A a bankruptcy will reshape you. But we have the ability to be stronger because of it. Now, there's going to be someone listening that's going to be really frustrated and saying, are you saying I had to lose my job or lose my spouse in order to be stronger? This is not the strength that I wanted. No, and I don't want to dismiss pain loss, trauma, or trial or tribulation. No, I want to hold the weight of that. But I do want to say, like what Paul says, that it is endurance, it's perseverance that produces a sense of hope. And this is not a a fake faith or a false hope. This is hope rooted in the truth of who Jesus is, the truth of our Lord and Savior. That's the strength that we're really tapping into, where the world will say, you know, grit and resilience, do it yourself, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And my gosh, I mean, Randy, that is, that's exhausting. But we have a supernatural power and that supernatural power is the gift of God's spirit. So Romans 10 says, Paul tells us, 
that the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the grave lives in you, Randy, lives in me, lives in every single listener that's listening right now. So when you don't feel like you have the strength, I get that. When you feel like you don't have the endurance, I get that. When you feel like you can't get back up, I, I, I get that. But I'm also saying you don't have to do it in your strength. Uh, Proverbs says that though the righteous fall seven times, they get back up eight. And I just want to whisper that truth to the person that's lying on the mat of life feeling that he can't. I get it. Maybe you can't. But the spirit of God in you is whispering to your soul and speaking to the truth of the person that is within you. You know that stronger person's in there. You know that better person in there. You know your soul knows that there is a better person inside just waiting to come out. And I just want to fan the flames of faith in the lives of the listeners today. You, you said something that um, I, I twice now that I, w- I want to go back to because um, just to give you an analogy, when I pulled into the office this morning, my gas light was on. And so I hit the mm. little button that tells me how many miles I got. And I've got, <laughs> I got 19 miles to get to a gas station. Now, if I ignored the fact that I was nearly empty and said, mm. oh, no, I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to be stranded on the way home on the side of the freeway, which is not a good mm-hmm. place to be. But if I acknowledge that, yeah, I am out of gas, I need to go get gas, then I'll be, I'll be fine. Well, and, th- and that seems fairly obvious, but I think, you know, you said with the woman you were talking about and, and just in general, to acknowledge the pain, to acknowledge yeah. that that divorce hurt, to acknowledge that I physically am not as able as I used to be or whatever the, the, the pain is, how how critical is it that we don't just gloss over things and say, oh, no, it's fine. I just trust God and confront the difficulty, the pain in order to endure it, persevere it and eventually overcome it? That's such a great question. So I, for those that are believers, I just want to have an honest conversation and tell on ourselves. <laughs> I think that sometimes as a church culture, as a Christian community, um, we do a disservice to people who are in pain. We just want to slap a scripture on it, pray the pain away and say, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know that God has a plan for good and out of evil. And so it's almost like we put a spiritual bandaid over a bullet wound yeah. and we're doing a disservice to ourselves and to others, to ourselves because we're not letting ourselves sit with reality and to others because it's not letting us sit with their reality. So we do a disservice when we do that. Um, here's the beauty. Here, there's three characteristics, three hallmarks uh, of resilient people. Now, this is people from per- privilege, people from poverty, people in the professional arena. And the first hallmark is perspective. So what is perspective? Perspective is an honest assessment of our reality with hope. So I, I think it's really important that for those feeling in in the mid, middle of pain or the middle of loss, the middle of trial or, or tribulation, perspective is having an honest assessment of where I'm at. So we can say this cancer diagnosis is horrible. Mm. This loss of job feels hopeless. That my marriage is on the brink of absolute disaster. That's reality. But a good perspective, perspective of resilient people is a perspective of reality rooted in hope. Again, this is not a fake faith or a false hope. This is hope rooted in the truth of God's word. So 
that's how we, that's how that will prevent us from just glossing over it and pretending everything's okay and just breezing by the pain. No, 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 no. When we heal, when we get to the place of healing, it's holding the truth of our reality while maintaining a sense of biblical hope. I think that that is the fulfillment of the idea of blessed, which can be mm. interpreted as, as happy, you know, in the Greek, mm. are those who mourn. It's not because I'm mm. happy when I mourn. No, I mean, I'm mourning something sad, a loss, a pain. Uh, it's the because they will be comforted. And I, I really, you know, when we, we just want the comfort and don't have the mourn, you know, Jesus let Lazarus die and he wept. Um, I don't pretend to know all, I, you know, I don't have that completely theologically ironed out and, and a perfect, nice presentation, but there is something to the hardship of life. And I don't think God causes bad things, obviously, um, but he certainly allows us to be shaped and to experience some pain. And, and, and we got two choices, run to him or run away from him. And to me, that's, that's the difference. Running to him allows you to be comforted. Running away just keeps you in your pain. Mm. Um, do you see this when you, when you're ministering to people, people in the church, people where you go, people that come up to you and read a book or something? Do you, is, is Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the most painful things is because we live in a society and culture, whether Christian or not Christian, where it's instant access to excess. Uh, we we, we talk, spoke about this a little bit on the show, but with a tap, a touch, a swipe, we can get anything delivered to our doorstep. <laughs> you can get fast food. You can get your groceries. You can get an inappropriate relationship and a hookup. I mean, literally, you can get anything in nanoseconds. So the moment that our culture has to wait for something, we think, oh, then that's not for me. The moment that we have to actually deal with pain or be responsible for the pain that we've inflicted on others, we throw in the towel. And I'm seeing this time and time again. And what I want people to know is like, there is power when we persevere. There's power when we stay. There's power when we press on, as Paul tells us in Ephesians. So I press towards the call. I press towards the call of the upward call of Christ upon my life. I want people to understand that just because it, just because it requires work, that doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> oh, that's a little alliteration in the nation right there. Like I need people to know that if you want to see transformation in your life, it's going to require work. Yeah. So instead yeah. of us throwing in the towel, what I want us to do is grab the towel, wipe our sweat off our brow and continue to move forward. And this is not the message that we're telling people. We've made it so easy to walk away from a church, to walk away from a marriage, to walk away from a job, to walk away from a friendship where really I want us to get really good at remaining, at staying planted, at having the hard conversations, at doing the hard work, because ultimately the transformation that our soul wants is that. And so we 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 hop from a city to city, church to church, office to office, looking for that sense of fulfillment that only is going to come when we just, we look inward and say, "Is it is it me? Is the problem me? Is there anything that I need to do now that's going to prepare me for my future? Mm -hmm. uh, am I part of the problem?" Like, I think that having those honest and hard conversations really begin to produce the fruit in our life that will turn us into the person that, our, again, our soul knows that we truly are. It, so th that idea reminds me of in Scripture, when, when Adam and Eve were put in the garden and they mm -hmm. were told to take dominion, the, the, the idea, the, the connotation there, and I think in the word, there's a word at some point used that, that we translate cultivate, 
but it's this mm. idea of working the land to improve it to get the fruit god's ever already put everything there but there is a work a cultivation that has to take place and i think that that same principle is true today and so we've got we got a ditch on one side of the road that says pull you know pull yourself up by the bootstraps you, you can do it the independent you know sort of the that fantastical American idea of the <laughs> one guy or girl out there at, at, you know, by themselves facing the door. And then we've got over here, this other ditch on the other side that says it's fatalistic, you know, uh, God's going to do what God's going to do. There's nothing mm-hmm. I can do about it. But scripturally, I mean, you read through the stories and it's, it's about partnership, you know, yeah. uh, it's, I think James sums it up when he says, draw near mm-hmm. to God and he will draw mm-hmm. near to you. Yeah. Where do you see that right balance between the responsibility that's ours and the promise of, of God working in it to be? Because I think people vacillate between those two ditches Ooh, a lot of time and we need to stay so on the road, right? Yeah. So many of us, we love, as preachers, we love to preach the promise that God has a promise and a plan for your life. We love preaching that. That's easy. Um, but there is a gap between God's promise and our possession of that mm, promise. Mm. And so we have got to do the work. Like, So if God promised it, we think that we automatically have it. Well, let's use the children of Israel. They were promised a land, a land that we know as the promised land, but they had to go on a journey to inherit the promised land. Yeah. Well, what's the problem? There's always a problem standing between God's promise and our possession of it. When the moment that we hit a problem, that's the moment we feel like, well, then God clearly had spoken to me because it shouldn't be this hard. No, 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 no. A problem isn't a sign that you're not supposed to inherit it. A problem might be a sign that the enemy knows that if you inherit that promise, then there will be little to dissuade you in believing that God is true, in believing the other promises of God. Mm. And so for anyone out there that might be struggling and saying, I believe that God has promised me something. God has promised me a redeemed marriage. God has promised me a home. God has promised me an education. Just because there's a problem, that doesn't mean that you're not supposed to possess it. You now have to do the work. Grit, don't quit, baby. Grit, don't quit. <laughs> right. And in the book, honestly, I just want to provide practical handles for people. It's all rooted in scripture. I'm weaving science and story and scripture together because I want people to have a firm foundation on how to build resilience and how not to give up. So there's always a problem between God's promise and your possession, but you got to do the work, baby. You yep. got to do the work. There, there are giants in the promised land, mm-hmm. but when God's on your side, you can slay the ones that on your own, you wouldn't be able to. Okay, there's something Boy, in your book. You <laughs> there's something in your book that I want to ask you about, and that is this idea of a, theo- a theological framework for rebounding from loss. What? Ah, uh, yeah. What? What yeah. is sort of the theological frame? And by the time is flying by. I knew it would with this. What? <laughs> what is sort of the the ideas that maybe we the common ones that we have wrong that we need to get right so that we can get up when mm. knocked down better. Yeah. So a lot of people are going to read the title and think that this book is simply about not giving up and persevering. But as we like wrap up, this is really the crux of, 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 of the message behind this and speaking to people on the why. When we make the decisions that we make today, it isn't just for today. We're making decisions today that are for our tomorrow. And what I need people to understand is the decisions we make today impact our tomorrow. And it's not just for us. Randy, this is for those that walk in our wake. This is for those that will walk on the paths that we pave for others. Ultimately, the entire messaging of resilience and grit is, is about legacy. And so 
I want to communicate to people that, you know, we've heard the adage, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. But I, when life gives me lemons, I want to make lemonade and then save the seeds to plant them so that one day we stand in an orchard of lemon trees that, that those in my wake, generations after me, will eat of the fruit and know because Bianca endured, because Bianca persevered, because Bianca was a gritty gangster, I get to sit in her fruit. And you want to know something? I want to take the seeds that I've been given and I want to plant them for plant them for the next generation. Yeah. This isn't just about you, Randy. It's not just about me. This is about uh, the generations that will come after us. And so the sacrifices of the children of Israel leaving Egypt it wasn't just for them. It was for their children and their children's children and their children's children's children to inherit a land that was promised to them. And that's really the why behind I'm encouraging people not to give up because yeah. the, it's, the decisions you make aren't just for you. Yeah. They're for future generations, people you know and people you don't know. So I'm grateful for the sacrifices of Queen Esther. I'm grateful for the wisdom of Prophetess Deborah. I am so grateful for the commitment of Noah, enduring and persevering for 120 years to build a boat. I'm grateful for the sacrifices of Paul the Apostle and Daniel for not cowering and, and, and fasting so that he would be able to survive the lion's den. I'm grateful for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and putting their faith through the fire. I'm grateful for the mothers and fathers who have gone before us spiritually. And I want to follow in suit. I look at your parents. I look at you. I look at your children. And I'm believing that because of y'all's sacrifices, so many people even now get to hear the gospel on television, in podcasts, on YouTube, on Facebook, because of your sacrifices. And it puts in perspective, I want to make those same sacrifices for others. That's a great perspective, uh, and and I do think that that changes, that changes the way we look at today when we work toward tomorrow, um, without living in the future or, or you know being stuck in the past. A question I don't know the answer to, and I don't like to go out here a lot, but uh, did your did your parents, uh, they were immigrants, did they put a lot of this in you? You know what? I don't think, uh, yes, both my parents are immigrants. I'm a first generation American. I wouldn't necessarily say that they sat down and said, no, this is how you build resilience and grit. No, but you know what? When I look at their lives, there's one, there's a big difference between the things that we say and the lives that we live. Yeah. And my parents really modeled this. I now, as an adult, um, 40 years old, I can look at their life and say, um, their resilience showed me so much but their lives taught me how to emulate that and so again not, no formal education no script no 5.7 ways or three steps it was literally watching their lives and then continually in ministry still to this day my daddy is 70 years old and he is a preacher in east los angeles california every wednesday and uh. every sunday he gets up and put the pulpit no matter what's going on mental unhealth uh, my brother is is waging um illness for my mom uh people uh, being sick and ill in the church and no matter what my dad has an unwavering faith an unwavering hope and an unwavering joy knowing that if he is not dead, then God is not done. Mm -hmm. So he will continue to lead people like Moses into the land that has been promised to them. And you know, I think that's about the strongest point you can make because it's not just about getting the words right or getting, I mean, you gotta get the theology right, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think when you do that, then you'll you'll be able to model it because it's about, you know, it's actions speak loud, louder than words in this situation. And these are good words, but you know, if you if you're watching and you will take this to heart, then it will be reflected in your life, and you will leave a, a, 
a legacy behind that you could be proud of. Uh, this is the book Grit Don't Quit by Bianca Waters Oltoff, uh, bridging America, Mexico, or no, wait, Puerto Rico, Mexico. Puerto Rico, Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico, Mexico. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I know, and I know, believe me, I, I know you don't mix those up. <laughs> uh, and Germany. So she's. Uh, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I love that. I love cultural stuff. You know that. Is there anything else I missed? Oh, you know what? Let me let me show people your website real quick because if people want to follow up with you. Yeah, they can go to BiancaOltoff.com. You can follow me on social media at Bianca Oltoff. Uh, the book comes out Tuesday and you can pre-order now. When they pre-order, there is a bunch of free gifts, Bible curriculum, PDFs, uh, what to do in the waiting, as well as a book club that we're going to be doing online starting in a couple of weeks. So all that information is at BiancaOltoff.com or on social media. Fabulous. And one part of the book that we didn't talk about, we talked about in the program was, was when to, to quit and not in the quitting that we've been talking against today, but in, in moving on because sometimes yeah. there is, and that's a, a that's a, a great balance to the, the message because endurance and resilience doesn't mean you stay uh, in the bad. And so we, she does address that too, but if you want to get all that. You just mm -hmm. have to pick out the book, but uh, it, uh, yeah. I appreciate you. Is there, is there anything else I missed? I want to make sure I get no, you. No, you okay. are an amazing right. host. Thank you for right. everyone watching. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's been a long week. It's getting late in the week and it feels like it should be Friday, but it's not. So we'll be back tomorrow. Talk about a movie uh, that opens tomorrow that looks pretty darn cool. It's kind of a baseball thing. True story. Anyway, appreciate you guys being here. I hope this has encouraged you. And if you want to go deeper, do check out uh, Grit Don't Quit uh, and it's available wherever you get books. I like to talk about Christian book because, you know, parallel economy there. Uh, and then you can check out our website, BiancaOltoff.com. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, if you want to encourage somebody, hit the share button. And if you haven't liked, followed, or subscribed, you'll do that. It will notify you when there are more encouraging interviews like this. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow here on Life Today Live. Amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. We're still Have on, a wonderful we're, week. We're still on the air, but thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bianca Altoff, ladies and gentlemen. See you next time.